Hello and welcome to the Video Production Academy podcast. I'm delighted that you've joined us for our latest episode. So today I am joined by Lauren. Oh, Lauren, how do you say your surname? Eglund. I know. Like egg. Yeah. I was going to go with Eglund or Eglund and I thought, well, I'm better off at uh, to ask. Uh, Facebook ads and marketing, for that matter, can be quite a minefield, to say the least. And that's why I'm delighted to be joined by Lauren today, because she is a Facebook marketing expert based over in Iowa. So thank you so much for joining me today. I really appreciate you being here. Thank you. Yeah, I'm really excited to be here, too, and talk about video and Facebook ads and how to navigate that whole world. Oh, boy, is that a navigation and a half. Um, firstly, I would love for you to introduce yourself and tell the audience more about what you do. Yeah. So my name is Lauren Egland. I'm the owner of Lauren Egland Marketing, and I focus solely on Facebook and Instagram ads um, as my uh, area of my business and service. And so I focus on helping online course creators, digital product creators, and people that are online coaches and helping them scale their businesses with you know, utilizing Facebook and Instagram ads. So you run your own marketing agency? Yeah, I have what I consider like a boutique agency. And so there's some agencies that are very, very large. And I like to keep my team very small and intimate just so that we can keep those touch points with my customers. I really do enjoy all the strategy and all that, but I do have a small team that does help me with some behind the scenes stuff. So what type of thing is it that you and your team would tackle? Um, So mostly what we're focusing on is we're coming into businesses that are ready, that have a proven offer or proven product in their business. And then we're just taking and scaling that, right? So we're bringing in new traffic and new audiences to grow your business faster than ever. Because eventually with organic growth, um, it's great and wonderful, especially when it's free, but it can be painstakingly slow at a certain point. And eventually is what can actually, you know, stall out your business. So we come into the businesses that are ready to go to that next level and bring in that audience and bring in that new traffic. So that lead generation is just kind of automatically happening in the background all the time so that they can focus on all the sales and the back end of their business. So working primarily with Facebook and Instagram, I think would be like saying definitely a navigation at the moment because where it used to be was very much graphic-based, photography-based, but it's shifting quite a lot across into video now as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and this goes for organic and paid strategies. Usually the paid strategies really mimic what we see happening in the organic strategies because the best ads are the ones that don't feel like ads. And so that's what, there's the ones where people are like, oh, I didn't even realize I was watching an ad. That's always our goal as marketers is to bring people into your world when they don't feel like they're being sold to. But we're definitely seeing a transition to almost all video. I mean, there's still time and place for graphics. We still utilize those, especially more in the Facebook side of stuff. But thanks to TikTok, mostly that platform, we've seen Instagram and now Facebook following suit too, which, you know, they're basically one in the same ownership wise, but they do have different goals as platforms, but we're seeing them definitely transition to focusing on video. And so you'll see that in your content too on Facebook and Instagram is you're going to continue to see more and more video, especially vertical video, we call it. So not a lot of the horizontal video, but like, you know, filmed on a phone and designed for a phone because that's really how most people are consuming content anymore is on their mobile devices. It's been a really interesting shift because when I did my training in the last millennium, actually that sounds worse than saying 30 years ago, when I did my training, everything was horizontal. Everything was landscape. And 
everything had to be seamless. And what I've seen is this transition now, because if you've got a mobile phone, you can be doing videos for yourself. And it's been an interesting shift to see it go from landscape to portrait. So you've got vertical video and you've got short form video as well is just whole different ball game now. But what I've seen is some very clever ads that feel like you're watching a reel or it feels like you're watching a short. Right. That's some of my favorite ads to use right now, or we call them real style or TikTok style, depending on the audience. But we make them feel like they're a native reel or we'll use trending sounds and stuff. You have to be a little bit careful when you get into the paid side, though you're not copywriting. Use it, you know, you're using copyrighted music. That's kind of the one minefield you got to a little bit be careful of. But, you know, on, you know, the non-copyrighted stuff, audios and stuff, that's what we're utilizing a lot of. And it works really, really well because as we're watching these reels and these TikToks, when it's, an audio is trending, as soon as you hear that audio, you know something else is going to happen, right? It trains us when it's trending, like, okay, this audio happens, they're going to show me something inspirational. Or they're going to show me something funny or something. Somebody's going to get hurt or something's going to go wrong. Right. And so it automatically gets people to pay attention to your video because they're now anticipating that next part of the video. That's really interesting. What are the different elements that go together to make up an ad then? So if you've got the video, do you still need a hook? Yeah. So, you know, we have both the written hook that's like going around, depending on the placement on where it's at. We'll change kind of what all the different components are, but usually you have the ad copy portion, which is the written portion, which would form some fill-in as like the caption at times. And we experiment with longer and shorter captions depending on goals. But within the video, what I've noticed too in a lot of my testing is there's two key elements on what um, make a video successful, especially when we're using a real or trending audio, is that first hook has to be really, really strong. And really clearly and prominently across the screen on what the promise of the video is basically. So if you're going to teach someone how to get to 10K months or how I scaled my business to six figures or something like that, it's very much like a very clickable, very like find out how or all these are all the ways I didn't do that or things like that. And so it gets people like because if people aren't intrigued by that hook, they don't watch the rest of your video. And a lot of times when they're scrolling through ads and through Facebook and Instagram, their audio is not on. And so that hook is really important because then it's going to signal for them to turn on the audio to get that full effect of the video. So that first part is really important. And then that second part is that really strong call to action. And so at the end of that video, even if it's just a few second clip, which we use a lot of like five, six second clip type stuff that works really well right now. Um, but it's a, you tell people exactly what you want them to do. Sign up for my webinar, sign up for this, sign up, you know, download my free thing or watch this next video or go follow me. You have to specifically tell them what you want to do. And then, you know, people follow instructions. They want to follow instructions. So tell them what to do. Well, the study of confused mind doesn't buy. Right, right. And so on that too, make sure you're just doing one call to action. Don't be like, follow me and download my thing and watch this next video. Just tell them one thing to do. Don't, don't overwhelm your audience. Just like the next step in your process is to go down this free, download your freebie for your email list. And that's your goal. Don't tell them to follow you. Don't tell anything else. Just stick with one call to action. I think that's very good advice. Indeed. <laughs> Some people get a little carried away with everything that they're yeah. trying to get people to do. I think sometimes they feel like they're going to miss out on something and they want to give right. people a choice so they have an option. But people get overwhelmed and just don't click yeah. anything. 
options aren't good. <laughs> so options are good in ads. Everything that we do in an ad, it should have one goal. And so we really focus on one particular goal. What do we want people to do as a result of this ad? Do we want them to sign up for something? Do we just want them to watch the video? But it really should have a goal, a main focus, right? Sometimes there's secondary things that happen because of it. Like, you know, our goal is to grow your email list, but you know what? Your followers on Instagram may grow too as a secondary thing. Even though we don't ask that, people still naturally go find, you know, if they like what they hear about you and they may go find you on Instagram. But again, we're not telling people to do that because our main goal is the email list growth or a sell of a product or something like that. Yeah, that makes absolute sense. Where does analytics and testing fit into all of this? Yeah. So analytics over the last year has gotten a little more challenging because of iOS 14. And so if you, people are, aren't aware, you probably have heard the term or heard people speaking of it. But basically, last year, Apple released a new update that allowed for a greater level of privacy. And so certain amount of people that, you know, we used to be able to track once they leave Facebook, we can no longer see their actions. And so because of that, Facebook is guessing for the most part. And it's sometimes fairly accurate, sometimes not, but it, it is an algorithm and it's learning and it's trying to estimate how many people actually took that action because they can't see everybody, you know, anymore. And so that's the biggest thing is verifying data. We spend a lot of time doing that now and we kind of end up duplicating funnels or duplicating stuff. And I don't want to get too techie and jargony, but we try to basically separate out that ad traffic so we know exactly what's happening. So we can look in ad manager and then we can also look in the back end of your business like, okay, Facebook is showing us 10 leads and you're showing us 12 leads. So we're, we're going to call that close enough because that's pretty good in Facebook's terms. But yeah, so I mean, as far as the analytics, again, it's become more difficult, but still always really important is to be setting goals when we're running ads, knowing what our benchmarks are and what we're aiming for. And so that we know where we're maybe falling short and where we need to improve or where things were exceeding our expectations. Yeah. So analytics and metrics are a big part of your day. Yeah, I spend half of my job is the creativity side of it, where we're trying to come up with the next best video or idea or, you know, where to drive traffic to you. But then the other side is then going back and seeing, looking at all the numbers. And we're really making data-driven decisions because I always tell people and my clients is, we'll let the data tell us what to do. And so we go back to those numbers and we're like, okay, we're getting a good click-through rate, but people aren't converting at this stage. This is where the leak is. Let's go fix here. Let's go try something here. And then, then you go back into the creative side, like, okay, let's analyze this page and figure out why it's not resonating with people and figure out what we need to change. Then we change one thing, test a little more, see what the numbers tell us. And then if we're seeing promising numbers, we continue with it or we change something else. A little bit of a slide question, but how good's your maths? <laughs> My math? I was never going to put myself. I was always like a stronger English person growing up, like writing and language it was always my side of stuff like I was okay at math but you know I'm thankful for calculators and google sheets well, <laughs> I'm not doing a lot of like adding in my head <laughs> I love that I just I because as you speak and I'm, I'm looking at it and I'm seeing this like creative element and then this data element and it's an unusual job that you have because most people work in one or the other but your job seems very squarely to have both yeah it is really kind of, I would say, kind of marrying two different sides of the brain <laughs> for sure, because you have to have both sides to be able to look at it because you really need that creative side to figure out 
how to troubleshoot, but you also have to base things in data and spend some time in, in some in numbers and charts and looking, you know, analyzing that stuff. We look a lot of, spend a lot of time in Google Analytics and data charts and things like that, see what the numbers are showing us and then hoping the data is always correct is the other thing. That can be a little bit of a slower part of the job, but I would say is probably one of the most important parts of it because then we're letting data and not emotions drive our decisions. That Yes, that is absolutely vital. And I'm a data person. I'm an analytics and a maths person. So I really like drilling down into the numbers and the guys will come in the office. It's like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm doing this. And they're like, you're weird. <laughs> we do it. Uh, but yeah, I like the numbers because the numbers don't lie. I mean, you can change numbers, but in general terms, numbers don't lie. And you can look at it and go, actually, I've not had a good month. But when you go back and you have a look at your analytics, you can see things where actually it's better than you thought it was because right. the numbers are there. Right. Totally. And I have a lot of clients to be like, well, I really like this graphic better. And I'm like, well, it's great that you like it, but let's see what your audience says. You know, because we want something to feel on brand. I don't want to feel like we're doing completely off brand. But, you know, sometimes we're drawn to certain things, but then there's we find stuff that just speaks to your audience a little bit better or a different angle that you never really thought about. That is something that your audience is going through. That's what we do a lot in ads, too, is is uncovering all those different kind of we call them micro angles. And so it's like diving deep into certain issues. I'm like, if you break down a big issue into a whole bunch of smaller issues, like what kind of angle gets people to resonate more? What gets people to click? And we judge it based on clicks. Like, did they click? No, it's amazing. Yeah. How important is the use of stories in advertising now? So the story placements, we utilize those a lot. I mean, a lot of times Facebook allows us to either give them more control where they're deciding where to place things. And I like to do that a lot because the algorithm is incredibly intuitive. As much as we don't always like to admit that or acknowledge that, it knows us very well. So it'll place your video where it needs to kind of be and where it's going to get the best interactions because Facebook does want you to have the best results possible. And so we'll utilize story placements. I like to use story style ads and sometimes just place them in stories and sometimes in the feed too, depending on the ad and the goal. But story style ads feel really, again, it's going back to the idea of keeping things native feeling. So it's like you're watching this video ad, but you think you're just watching somebody's story. You don't even realize it's an ad at that point, but they're just talking to camera, telling you about their day or their goal. Again, their specific goal of the video. But I like those story ads because I, I have several people who are like, I was watching that ad and I didn't even realize it was an ad until I was like at the end, it was like, learn more. It's like, oh. <laughs> I didn't realize, and that's our goal. Again, we want people to go, I didn't realize this was an ad because again, we're almost so akin to so many ads anymore that we kind of become blind to them as consumers. And so the more we can have things where people actually are paying attention and not just like turning on their blinders, like, oh, it's an ad, I'm not going to listen. It gets people to engage further into your audience and into your world. Do you end up using elements of storytelling as well then? Right. Yeah, you know, we use that a lot in copy. One, to make sure we're complying with Facebook ad policy. So storytelling, one, really helps communicate our ideas and our story. Usually when I'm helping someone, um, usually your story mimics kind of the transformation that you're getting for your business or whoever you're helping in your business. And so by one, telling the story, it kind of builds a more human element and people pay attention. You know, we always say that stories sell or facts tell and stories sell. 
And so facts are kind of boring. If we just list out all the facts about your program or what you do, it's kind of boring. But if you can get people pulled into that story, you're building that trust and you're kind of giving that really more human element to your business and connecting with people, which is ultimately the goal with a lot of our ads is building like and trust faster. And so I like to use that storytelling first, both in written and in videos. Now, the world of Facebook advertising and Instagram advertising, having done a little bit of it myself, I would say is absolutely not for beginners. <laughs> it's actually quite complicated to, like anybody can pop an adult, but actually to do something that has an impact, I would right. say isn't for beginners. It is definitely something that there is a steep learning curve with. And right. it's definitely worth using the professionals for. Yeah, there's a certain level where you can build an engagement ad or even boost a post. Facebook made boosting available. Basically, they wanted to take the overwhelming element out of it, but they took away a lot of your control doing that. And it's hard to build a strategy around that. And so the biggest thing that when you're working, it's one thing to just build an ad, but to build, I like to talk about it like in your marketing ecosystem because you're bringing people into your world. And we really have to look at things from like a holistic matter. It's not this ad and a standalone thing. Like, how does this ad play into your full system? Like, you know, what are they here next? Okay, that's email marketing. And then they come back to another ad and then it's an organic post, things like that. And they all have to build on one another and contribute. So I think that strategy element is really, really important. And that's kind of the difference between ads just doing okay and then ads really starting to scale your business. And then as far as the technical side of building ads, it definitely Facebook has built a great platform to build ads on, but it's very complex because you have so much control. So why were we able to be successful is because we have so much control and can really dive into a very specific area on where we want to target, what kind of campaigns we want to run, all those kinds of things. But when you're first starting, it's very overwhelming because it's just there's so many different things that you can choose and select. And if you're not quite sure where to start, I know it's hard. It's definitely a very steep learning curve and takes a while. And then a lot of people quit pretty quick because they see that money going out the door. They're like, ah, I don't know. They panic and turn it off. So without having someone there to guide you, it's a scary experience. <laughs> yes, I would agree with that. I've been there, done that. So yeah. Given that it's so complex, it's quite complicated. What tips could you give somebody who's just starting out? If you're just starting out, if you're just wanting to, the simplest ads you can build are just like engagement type ads where you're just staying in front of your audience or getting in front of new audiences. Those ones take the least amount of tech as far as tracking and all that kind of stuff set up. I would recommend kind of starting there. I would definitely, if you're interested in running your own ads, and it's something which I do encourage a lot of people to continue to learn and try to run their own ads for a little bit, just so you have an idea of what, what goes on in Ad Manager. But I would recommend taking some kind of training or course. Facebook does have a free one. It's called Blueprint. It's a great place to start for free. It's pretty surface level as far as ads go, but there's lots of incredible programs online that you could invest in. But it's really a critical part of your business as you continue to scale. Really, ultimately, at a certain point of any business, paid advertising just becomes essential. And Facebook and Instagram ads still are probably one of the best ways to reach new audiences at the most affordable rate, even though they are more expensive than they have been in the past they still are a lot cheaper than a lot of other traditional ways that we've marketed. That is very, very true indeed. How can people connect with you? They can find me at laurenegland.com. 
is my website. So they can always check that out or they can always visit through my Instagram or Facebook. It's both at the same place. It's Lauren Eglin Marketing. Thank you so much for your time today. Yeah, thank you. I had a great time. Thank you for listening to the Video Production Academy podcast or watching it if you're viewing us on YouTube. I'm Lee Midlane and I've been your host for this episode. If you'd like more information, resources or free downloads, head over to the Video Production Academy podcast at www.videoproductionacademy.co.uk. Reach out if you have any questions, queries or comments and subscribe to hear more inspiring conversations with business owners just like you who've built their business using video. Until next week, shoot for the moon. Thank <laughs> you.